Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Blind Ambition with Jack Kelly. I'm Rick, and I'm here with Sean Kim, who's the president and chief product officer at Kajabi. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Kajabi is an all-in-one e-commerce platform for knowledge-based entrepreneurs and creators to build and sell their content, products, and services. Previously, Sean was the head of product at TikTok US and the global head of product at Amazon Prime, where he played an instrumental role in driving customer retention for the Prime membership. And I mean, selfishly, Sean, knowledge-based entrepreneurs and creators, it, it sounds like Jack and me. Uh, oh, can you walk us through like why you decided to join Kajabi and, and, and what got you so excited about the product? Yeah, so... Um... The reason why I joined is because, you know, there's, there's a few reasons. Like one, um, the timing was just right, right? So, you know, one of the things that we looked at when I was at TikTok was, hey, uh, creator monetization, how do I help creators monetize? It was one of the big challenges for us on that platform and one of the uh, verticals that I owned. And, uh, and we tried lots of different types of products like we tried the billion dollar creator fund we tried tipping in video um tipping on profile page lots of ways for creators to help them monetize the platform and uh and and i think you know arguably they weren't incredibly successful i think you know if you look at credit economy uh, credit economy and, and how people monetize on these big platforms like youtube and TikTok and instagram and so on the vast majority like 95%, um, you know, are not making meaningful income uh, from the platform. Uh, so, you know, we, we did a lot of research. And I think the first thing I told my product team at the time was like, well, go, go look at startups that are doing it really well, right? Uh, and figure out what they're doing really well and just copy them. <laughs> so, uh, and, and so I think that that's the, that's kind of what uh, led to our research and and looking into like what you know which which, which startups are doing in this really well in this space, and uh, Kajabi came up. Kajabi was like top of the list, and and it's because like you know when we started looking into the the company, like we we're realizing like the platform itself provides all the solutions that you need to get a business running up and up and running zero to one. Um, it had, you know, 58,000 customers on the platform. They've made $3.5 billion to date, um, you know, annual run rate of $2 billion. So if you look at the number of customers and how much money they've made, it's, it's, it's crazy, right? So and on average, they're making like 30K a year. Um, I also learned one, one person, actually a couple people on the platform have made over $100 million. Wow. So when you hear these figures, you're like, what is going on? Like, what are they doing that, uh, you know, is ensuring that these creators and entrepreneurs are so successful? And, um, and so I, you know, I met with the team and, you know, met with the leadership team, looked into the product and realized, wow, they, they have a really amazing platform. They provide everything you need to like really uh, own your business end to end. Right, like own the relationship with your customers, uh, own a way to provide um, the content or different types of media that their customers want to engage with. Right, so whether it's like podcasts, 
video courses, newsletters, live stream for coaching, all those different types of mediums and how you want to convey your information or knowledge to your customers is available on the platform as well. On top of that, we the platform provided everything from like building your own personalized website. You, you are the brand, right? So you, you have your own personalized website. Um, and, and, and so oh, on top, as well as like the email marketing tools, so you can nurture leads, capture those leads, uh, and uh, and then of course host your host your content and then decide how much to charge right so all those things are uh, you know uh, uh, within your realm of success so you're you're basically controlling your your destiny here uh, and then on top of that like you you're basically as a creator taking home 100 percent of your earnings right so there's no take rate here like no we're not. You know, you make a dollar, you make a, a million, or you make a hundred million, you take what you, you know, you keep what you earn. Unlike other platforms that take like 5%, 8%, 12%, whatever it might be, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's just a flat SaaS fee, a very similar model to like Shopify, right? Uh, so rather than sell physical content, you're selling digital content, you own your entire business in the end. Uh, and so looking at that, that's not something that like these platforms like TikTok, YouTube can replicate, right? Uh, they're not going to give you that customer data and the customer's email address and your, you know, the information on your audience and so on. Um, so given all that, uh, I, you know, I realized like, oh, wow, this is a really meaningful business here, really helping creators build, uh, a, you know, uh, a new life on this platform. So uh, talking, to the talking to the customers, talking to the leadership team, I made that decision to switch over and, and take on this new role. I mean, so I'm always curious, right? So like you're the president and chief product officer. How long does that conversation, that transition take? You know, like maybe Jack, you're, you're an executive recruiter. Maybe you can share some insights, but you know, what is the recruitment process, interview process like for someone at your level? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it, it depends on, I mean, you know, I, I think like it can take some time and it's definitely not like a two week decision Sure. Um, it, it was definitely a, you know, a lot of uh, uh, going back and forth in terms of like the, you know, whether, whether it's the comp piece itself or whether it's like, hey, this is the right move, um, meeting the teams, right? Looking at the underlying technology, um, thinking about the future of this space, right? Uh, is this a big media problem which we should solve for? Um, so a lot of those factors go into that decision, but uh, I think that. Timing, I think it, it kind of it probably varies from person to person. I'm, I'm the type of person that, you know, if I have like 50, 60% of the information or data, I'll make a decision. Like, I don't, I don't need a hundred percent. Like, it, I think at that point you're, you're moving too slow. Interesting. Can I go back, Sean, to about the example of how it works? So let's say, you know, I, uh, you talked about a career coach. Mm -hmm. So. So let's say I want to set up on Kajabi. Uh, I, would I set up a, a platform? How, how would this work? Like the nuts and bolts of putting something together from scratch. Yeah. So when you come to Kajabi, we give you the tools to build your own personalized website, right? So on this personalized website, you have everything from your logo to your, you know, everything around your branding and what services you offer and so on. We offer you the ability to create like customized landing pages to capture leads, 
then we provide you funnels to essentially take those leads and try to convert them into paying customers. So all those features are already available. Uh, and as a, as a coach, uh, you know, on the platform, we would also uh, determine, you know, what, what your hours are as well as, you know, how much you want to charge and so on. So when people come in, they can basically book time with you and say, Hey, I want to, uh, book time and and this is how much I'll, you know you have a, you have a, you have a fee per hour or whatever it might be and then basically you get you get paid for it so all that is handled on the platform um, you know you typically what our customers do is use like platforms like YouTube Facebook Instagram and TikTok for audience building this is where they would kind of do their marketing uh, and get their name out there and the brand out there and then they would take the audience and bring it back to their personalized website where they where then they would convert these uh, the audience to paying customers. So you have a landing page, you have the website, and then you'd market it on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever the you know whatever sites might be appropriate for your audience. Um, and I noticed from you know your site that the very video centric, right? It's much more of a dynamic visual kind of content. So do you help the consumer? you know, figure out how to navigate that whole world. Cause some people could be great at what they do, mm -hmm. but they're not so great when it comes to the technology or getting in front of a camera, yeah. you know, they feel a little uncomfortable. How, how does, how does that work? Yeah. We have an entire, uh, what we call Kajabi university that mm -hmm. provides you a, basically a playbook zero to one. Here's exactly what the steps are in terms of how to create this business. Uh, and then, Part of that, of course, is the actual video course itself. What's the layout of the course? How should you, you know, structure it? What's the content of each of the different, uh, you know, uh, uh, videos that you need to include within the course? Uh, if you're in a certain vertical, here's like, you know, successful entrepreneurs like, that you can look at. Um, so the the you know materials all there, and we provide you all the information along with you know, uh, customer service team that's there uh, from day one to help you through this process, all right? So that's all included. Uh, on top of that, there's a, a community, of course, of uh, you know, 58,000 customers that have already gone through this. There's many creators on our platform that, you know, are just getting started versus that have been around and already successful, right? To ones that are like incredibly successful. Uh, and, and they're all super willing to help people out. So if you have questions around, hey, I'm just getting started and, you know, here's something about structuring my course, what are your thoughts? And people will just jump and say, hey, here's what's worked for me, right? And here, here's what you want to avoid. Uh, so there's a lot of help. And you can just reach, and I don't mean to, you can just reach out to them, send a right. message. And so what is it? It's kind of a platform where we're like a LinkedIn or, or Facebook where you were all connected and you yep, can just hit somebody. Okay. That's right. 100% connected. And. Uh, and helping each other out. And this is something they're going to continually optimize and improve as well to make those interactions and, uh, and connections even better uh, and more meaningful. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the community is like super helpful, like very, because they, you know, they, they're all entrepreneurs, they've gone through it already. Um, and uh, there's a lot of, you know, entrepreneurial creators that are in your industry as well. So they know exactly what type of like, you know, problems that new entrepreneurs may have to deal with. So they, they've gone through it and said, and, and that's why they're willing to help out and help them get to that next stage of their business. Uh, so all that's also included, right, within the, within the monthly SaaS fee. 
Um, and, and so I think uh, that, that's kind of the reason why it's not, it's, it's, it's the platform and tools itself, really easy to use to get your business up and running. Um, you know, and then we also have the customer service team and we also have this really robust community there uh, for support. Uh, so it's, you're not alone, right? You're not trying to figure this out all on your own because it's tough being an entrepreneur or creator. Uh, so, you know, having that support system here to help you throughout the entire process getting to your first million dollars is all available to you. So if let's say Rick and I said, hey, we really want to get the word out about blind ambition, you know, right after this call, basically, we could go to your site, go to Kajabi, sign up, and kind of maybe get some tutorials in, hey, what can we say? How do we, you know, how do we position it, but then have a really cool video that we could post on Instagram, on Twitter, what have you, maybe taking an excerpt of our conversation. Of course, we would get approval and all that stuff from the folks who are part of it and be able to just, instead of, you know, just kind of doing it ad hoc at home by yourself, you know, remotely doing something, you have the ability to use your services, your platform, your network to really make it shine. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's um, the platform is interesting because it has many different types of creators, right? So we have uh, people that are teaching others how to uh, interview for Google. Uh, we have people that are, or former nurses that were teaching people how to uh, take care of babies, like sleep train kids, right? And there's obviously chefs and lawyers, a lot of financial advice, people, personal development, uh, you name it. But there's, you know, lots of different types of experts on our platform that um, that are, you know, likely in your field. So if you have questions or if you want to collaborate, there's definitely opportunities there as well. Um, but the overall, I think, you know, the majority of our customers were, you know, subject matter experts. Right, and they, they have been in some field of expertise for some quite some time. Um, not saying you have to be like a you know expert expert, but they, they have worked in some type of field for some time, uh, and they want to share this knowledge. They want they want to like you know they know that others can really benefit from this, and that's why they built these you know these businesses around helping each others out, uh, and, and then monetizing on it. It's interesting you say. It doesn't have to be an expert, but it is helpful. I think on TikTok, I saw a TikTok where there's a woman who was a life coach and she's going to help everybody, you know, you know, of course, attractive looking woman by a beach. And then she tells her backstory and she's a complete loser. <laughs> Nothing of any accomplishments, but yet she's, and so it was kind of done tongue in cheek. So she's like, okay, but I'm going to help you. And but it does happen a lot, right? Where you have people who don't have any skills, ability, knowledge and go, okay, mm -hmm. I'm a career coach. I'm a life coach. I'm a fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And they're just winging it. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, like, it's really good to have credibility for sure. Yeah. Right? I think like, you know, like having that credibility definitely helps ensure that uh, the content the material that you're offering is, uh, is meaningful and, and valuable to others. So I think like, uh, the, you know, the people on our platform have the credibility. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about, speaking of like credibility, right? So like in technology, there's often this kind of concept of scale, right? Where 
you want to increase your scope over time, over your career. And I mean, you, you've obviously done that in your career in terms of like at Amazon. One of the primary responsibilities, as I understand it, of a product manager is clarifying kind of what to build. You know, as you've worked at larger companies with these greater scale, more visible products, um, how have you built out that roadmap? You know, probably when you started, Amazon Prime was just two-day shipping, right? And then mm-hmm. now it's music. It, it's all these subscriptions. It's all this uh, entertainment. Like, h- how do you kind of navigate that? Yeah, you know, the advice I give you know, product managers is to just 100% one, focus on the customer. I think, I think like, as long as you're focused on the customer uh, and you're essentially like, you know, meeting with them on a regular basis, understanding what their core problems are, um, most of the time you'll be fine. Like, I think that's like the, the, the number one thing, right? So, um, I mean, even the, in the position that I'm in right now, I still meet with customers every week. Like every single oh, wow. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, whether it's on the street, whether it's, uh, you know, through a survey, uh, you know, do lots of surveys, whether it's like just meeting people on Zoom one-on-one, I meet with customers on a regular basis. And I meet with customers that are new, they've been around for a while, they, you know, they are uh, really successful or not so successful. People that have picked the product, people that love the product, right? I meet all different types of customers because everyone has different kinds of problems that uh, they want to solve for. Um, so I would say like, you know, meeting with customers really helps you understand, you know, what motivates them and what's really, um, what they're really about and, and, you know, and how, and then you start thinking about like ways you can help them out. Right. So if, as long as you have that mind frame and mindset in place, then, um, then like the, you know, it's more of the, the solutions that you think of beyond that, right. To kind of, um, prioritize and, and build out, um, so first is, for, you know, definitely think about the customer, meeting with customers on a regular basis. Um, and then when you start identifying those core problems, you want to think about how you, like, basically the opportunity size, how big of the problem is this, right? That's, that's the next part. It's like, well, is this, a, is, a, is this a problem for like 10 people or is it a problem for a thousand or a hundred thousand or a million, right? So that's, that's the, uh, the next stage It's like, Hey, like, you know, and usually the, the bigger the problem, the harder, the harder it is to solve for. Right. Uh, but those are the, 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 you know, some, sometimes it's more expensive to, 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 uh, to solve for, but it's also, it, it could be the, the riskier once it's small. Right. Um, so I think like that's kind of the, the stage in terms of how you think about solving for, and then, uh, building for these customers. Um, that I, I think that the, what I would also suggest to product managers is that like, you know, you have to be willing to take those risks. Like, you know, I, you know, I definitely wouldn't have gone to where I was without taking some risks in my life and, you know, in terms of the products they've launched and career decisions I've made and, and so on. Um, and, and it's okay. I mean, sometimes like you fail and sometimes, you know, you hit a home run, right? But that's just part of the process, right? Like you can't expect every single risk you take to like work out, right? Um, just don't bet the house, you know. But uh, but you know you should definitely take risks, uh, in, you know, in your life and, and, and product and so on to 
kind of like uh, you know ensure you're swinging big and and hopefully you're working on some really big media problems you to solve for right. Uh, so I, I think that that's a really, really important part. And then also, you know, when you're, you have to be really decisive, right? So when you're making the decisions about taking on some risks and building some product that may or may not work, um, you, have to get, you have to be super decisive. And that means that you don't have all the data to make the decision either, right? So, you know, like I, I try to get to 50, 60% of the data I need to make a decision. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think some people will spend like way too much time trying to get as much data as possible. And like, they're like, you know, three months in before they make a decision, right? And it's like, uh, I think like, I think that's moving too slow. You gotta, you gotta like, you know, make, be decisive, make the decision with the information you have, especially if you're a startup, but you don't have all the information, right? You, you, you gotta go with your gut sometimes. So, um, and you know, again, like you'll make mistakes along the way, but those mistakes are, you know, provide a lot of insight and a lot of information they can use to then uh, make better decisions in the future or pivot your product or whatever it might be. But that's that's all part of the game, right? So you know, I, I you know I, I wouldn't worry so much about failure. It's just again, like uh, it's it's part of the process. You don't want to be working at a company that like penalizes failure either, right? Because that's like the fastest way to kill innovation. As if you are afraid to make a mistake, you're afraid to like fail, then like that means that you're not going to take those risks, which means that your business will be status quo, right? So you're going to work, have to work with a company or a manager um, that will encourage you to take those risks and you know and be okay with the failure piece. Uh, so so that's that's again that's just part of the process. You've seen like these big companies and huge epic failures that it's just part of the process, like the firefall. That's wasn't very successful, right? Um, there's there's a lot of uh, you know epic failure like that, but that's just again this is part of the process. You raise a good point in that psychological safety is huge. You know you need to have that, otherwise you're going to be afraid to take risks because you don't want to take that risk if it fails. Your boss is going to scream at you in front of your peers, and it just dilutes any kind of creativity and the ability to take a chance. So I, I think for I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of bosses don't practice that. You know, if, if it doesn't work, they're going to blame the person and then they have to worry about keeping their job. But others who say, hey, you know what? You took that big risk. You took, you took that chance. You thought it out. You know, you had the data. It didn't work. Okay. We learn from it and we move on. And that's such a different mentality. And not everyone has that. So it's really cool that you bring it up because I think it's important like for people on blind and others who see it to kind of look for that in a, in a, in a manager because that's probably makes a big difference in how your experience is going to be with that company. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, um, what I've done in the past also is helped my team be comfortable with making mistakes and failures by showcasing some of the big epic failures I've had in, in my past as well, right? <laughs> like I, I've made some decisions for sure, like um, in my in my career in terms of product that I've launched and just like bombed, right? I'm like, oh, well, that didn't work. And then if you know what, like what was something that you did that at the time you thought was great? You're like, oh my God, what were they thinking of? Oh, uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, the very first app that I ever worked on, um, it was a it was an app called Chembu, and this is an app that I actually spent my own money on to build, 
Um, and at the time, you know, this, I, I thought to myself like, well, Hey, you know, like there's all these social media apps on your phone. Why did, why do people want all these apps, uh, that you have to like individually open to see their content and so on. I think there should just be one app and makes sense. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what I thought. Right. So far, <laughs> yeah. so far I, I would, I would download that app. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and so basically this Chimbu app was like a, you know, discovery and search engine for all the social media apps in one, right? And you can also use it for like the search hashtags and, and so on. And um, and uh, on top of that, you can even use this app to find like interesting things that are happening around you because a lot of the content is like tagged, you know, geolocation wise and so on. Um, so I thought it was it's, I thought it was a really interesting idea, and I you know built out this really cool app. Um, but I think, you know, the, the, and, and once we launched, like it took several months, once we launched, you know, we got to a few thousand DAU, but it wasn't, it wasn't like growing at an exponential rate, right? And, um, and I realized like after launch, like quickly, uh, that it, I wasn't really solving a big problem, right? Like other than me, no one was saying like, I have too many social apps. Right, like people didn't really mind opening up Instagram or like uh, Facebook or social camp back in the day and, and, and these other apps, right? People just, uh, or Twitter, right? They, they had, each individual app had better features, right? They had their own, uh, you know, uh, uh, custom experiences that uh, you're, uh, you actually enjoyed. Um, and this one app, user experience wasn't going to be good enough to replace like Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or whatever it might, whatever it might be, right? Uh, so that, that was, that was probably the, the learning point for me. Like, Hey, like this isn't, uh, like, like, you know, customer validation and like talking to customers and ensuring that this is something I should work on is like really, really important. Right. And that, that's, that was, uh, that I didn't do enough of that in the beginning. So I think like, uh, Basically, I think ran out of money and had to shut it down. So, it, the idea makes sense, and, and you, you raise another interesting thing where there's so many big entrenched players. Mm. Is that it makes it easy for somebody to say, "Hey, I'm going to try this," but then you have have someone. Give me an example. I want to say early '90s, mid '90s, losing track of time. Uh, I said, hey, I want to diversify a little bit from just pure recruiting. So I started the same thing, self-funded it. It's called uh, called a job Aggie, which was an aggregation site, figuring, hey, you can go there, same same kind of premise you're talking about. Why do you have to go to Indeed? Why do you have to go to Glassdoor? And there were like so many at the time of companies, I don't even remember who they are. So you could search all in one. I'll take, this is great. But then all of a sudden, LinkedIn, boom, comes in there. Indeed, Powerful comes in there, all these others. And like, all right, why do we need this when you have others with a bigger name, more, you know, larger budget, and then it gets hard. So is that something too? You got to figure out as well. Can you find that app, which I think what you did, that seems like a good idea, <laughs> but you're, 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 you're like, all right, I'll just go to Instagram. I'll go to, you know, I don't need the middle person. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think for the customers, like, well, one, like downloading a new app, right, is a barrier in itself. Yeah. Um, and two, like the the use the 
the user experience and what this one app offers has to be like exponentially better than what like the individual apps offer, right? Uh, or, or like, you know, and then changing that behavior from like, I want to in open Instagram to this whole new app that has Instagram plus Twitter, right? Is that, that changing that behavior is really, really tough, especially if you already kind of like built it in with, with customers. And, 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 uh, and if you're opening Instagram or TikTok or, or these other apps, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of uniqueness to those apps and content and there's other rich features in there that like, you just can't, it's like, you just can't copy. It's, it's too, too, try, too difficult to try to take those app, uh, features uh, and then like offer into one. And so you gotta have something very, really, really unique about this one app that, uh, that, you know, that the others will not offer. So that's just one example. I have many other failure stories if you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> You're a brave you man to share that. I love that. That's awesome. I respect that so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can go. I can go, go into one more. Uh, there's this. This one is like a. This is one that I launched at TikTok actually. Um, so when we're there, like uh, we heard from users that the content on TikTok was not useful at one at one point. Like now, it's really useful, but like a. Uh, in the past, it wasn't super useful. So, so we set out to um, onboard more useful content, and we kicked off like I think at the time we got fifty million dollar creative learning fund and started this hashtag called Learn on TikTok. Um, and then, so given the investment in, in talking to like users, we wanted to provide like a dedicated place in the app where you could find this useful content. So when we talked to customers or users, we said, hey. Um, we want to get this, uh, we're going to like start onboarding a lot of this useful content and their feedback was like, I wanted all one place. I wanted to watch useful content. Right. Um, so with that feedback, um, the, you know, the direction I, I gave was to launch a third tab on the for you feed. Uh, so I don't know if you guys are very familiar with the TikTok for you, but yeah, for you following there's be a third tab. The third tab is going to be called learn. Um, and if, it, if this worked, we could potentially offer other types of categories like sports, you know, news, cooking, travel, whatever, right? It's like the customized category for that content. That makes so far, that makes sense. Right. Makes sense. <laughs> so far, that sounds good. And I was like, man, it makes so, so much sense. That makes sense. Um, and it, it's, it's also seems simple enough. Like it was just like, you know, categories as content. Yeah. Um, but it was actually a ton of work. I mean, it was, man, it, it was not easy. Um, there was a lot of problems we had to solve in order to just make this tab experience work. Uh, so like, for instance, how do you even define what learn content is, right? What type of content is learned versus not learned? Like who decides that? Um, what, who decides if it's instructive learning content? And what, what about religious content? What do you do with that, right? So uh, there's uh, how do you how do you tag it so it appears in the learn tab? Uh, how do you do it at scale? Like uh, you know, there was also questions around like um, you know how do you power users to let people us know that that the content in there is not learned? Um, does that word learn resonate in different languages? You know, is if it's instructive learn content in one country, is it the same as another country? Like there's a lot of things to think through, right? Um, so I think when we launched it, uh, you know, we had, we, we, 
we figured out for the most part how to all those questions I, I was uh, asking. Uh, right. and, and we launched it. And, and I think uh, so when we did launch it, uh, we saw that only a small percentage of users actually visited that tab daily, right? So the majority of people still stayed on the For You feed. Uh, and, and, and the reason why is because it is a separate tab. It's a separate tab, you have to practically go click and watch this learn content. Um, and, and, but the experience was great. It's just that like, you know, it's, uh, and people said, I want this, but their behaviors are not what they say, you know, what they, what they say, right? Right, they so, say I want something smart, but then they want to go watch like something really dopey and silly, a goof, yeah, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like that's you know, it's not so so, so you know, sometimes you know, it's, uh, customers say what they want one thing, but their behaviors don't uh, mimic. That. It, it, you know what? With the button too, with Twitter, I I was like, you know, six months ago old when I realized you could click, and it took Elon Musk who said that where you could click and get you know, your, your Twitter feed in terms of like when someone posts it, as opposed to being forced to you or sent to you, because this is what they think you want. Mm -hmm. So I think something as simple, you would think just clicking on one, touching it, you're literally just touching it. I didn't do it. And, and <laughs> I think millions of other people had the same thing. You saw the little stars, you didn't really yeah. know what to do. You didn't do anything. So right. who would think that that would be a barrier? And I wonder too, was something like that as well. Something as simple as just clicking on that other you know, section, they're like, yeah, what is that other section? Yeah, I'll stay where this is. I, I'm comfortable here. I know what I'm going to get here. I'm yeah. not going to go over there. That seems I don't want to learn today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's a good point. Like, so learning is interesting, right? Like, we also realize, like, only watching learning content isn't fun, right? Like, I mean, pe people say they want that. I'm like, yes, I want, I will learn. I want more useful to learn content, right? But you know, you know, but, but the actual reality, it, it, the behavior is like, that's not the reason why you opened that app in the first place, yeah. right? I, I got to tell you though, I, I do, I do go to TikTok now to learn. Now, I don't know you, if I'm you, learning you, accurate that's, that's stuff. That's part of it. That's part of it. No, I got to tell you, right. look, get, let me give you an example. And you guys are going to mock me and that's okay. So I, it's, it's what I understand, you know, this, you're going to know this way better than I do. Their algorithms are just like genius and they pick up what you like and they keep sending you more. I, have you heard about the, uh, the Tartarians where it looks like there was ancient civilization and then it was kind of whatever happened, some cataclysmic thing. And then we built on top of it. And then you see pictures across the world of like former empires, you know, you know, buildings, what have you, structures, and that new are built upon it. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, or what it is, but I'm fascinated by this stuff. Yeah. And I, I keep, and from learning, I'm like, I got to find out more about this. I got to read more about this. So yeah. I don't know, it is addicting. It, it, it's so, so agree with you like, that having, like sprinkling in learning content yeah. along with everything else is the right methodology. And that's what we ultimately uh, aligned on. But like just watching, learning content yeah is, it, could get. Not, it, it gets to you i think yeah. so it's, it's like it's kind of like when you're eating if you were to eat dinner and like you only eat steak <laughs> right and like you, you like it's just only it's not good for you i mean i think you have to have your vegetables and your you know dessert and, and so on right? you gotta mix it up a little bit um so i think that's that was kind of like the learning learning for us is that like it's like it's better to have a the 
content, the learning content intermixed with uh, the other information, the other content as well, like entertaining content and you know other other videos. So that's the way that it, we improve retention for the app versus just like separated out to go whole separate section. Uh, so that was that was good. That was good learning for us. Um, and then you know also like you know it's interesting. It's um, we we also learned that whole process that learning content is actually longer. It's not short, it's like much longer. So on average, like you watch uh, less videos, you spend, you know, similar around time to the app, but you're watching less videos. Uh, but what's interesting is that like it did, you know, that the, the learning, the, the um, longer videos didn't negatively impact our retention or core metrics. So it kind of opened the door to say, like, well, we should actually test longer videos. Um, and that learning was part of the reason why now TikTok has much longer videos, like five minute video, maybe it's 15 minute videos now. Really? They could go that long now? Yeah, they have like longer videos now. So yeah, speaking of that, can you, for Kajabi, can you do a video on Kajabi and then download it on, on TikTok as well? Or can upload it on TikTok? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, like, you know, you're... So the video content on Kajabi is actually um, something you create separately, and then you would upload, upload it and then host it there. Yeah. Oh, because I thought it was only like three minutes for TikTok, and I imagine some of the Kajabis might be longer, or are, or yeah, Kajabi is more short form. No, Kajabi is long. long. It, it, it could be short or long. Okay. Right. But uh, so on Kajabi, people are majority of people use Kajabi for video courses. Um, it's, it's essentially passive income, right? Once you build it once, it's, if people come and purchase it, then it's, you know, it's, you get that income. So, so basically, um, that's what's been most successful and what creators love the most, on our, you know, and how they build the most meaningful businesses is through the video courses. And video courses are typically longer, right? You're, you're actually learning a lot of information through those courses and they have different subjects within each of these different videos. So. Uh, but yeah, I, like what, what our customers typically do is they'll build a video course, uh, then they'll take uh, and then always upload it to Kajabi, put it behind a paywall, but then they would also take that and then create smaller versions or shorter versions of that, summarize versions, and then syndicate this out to like other social channels to kind of let their audience know that this video, this content exists, bring them back to this to the site to watch the full thing. So if, if uh, hypothetically somebody, you know, like myself who had did a lot of videos, training people how to get a job, how to do a resume and all that kind of stuff could take those, upload them on Kajabi and then put it to other sites. Is there, and with Kajabi, can you clean it up if it's already a video from somewhere else? Well, so Kajabi is typically where you would host the final product, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, other. Uh, customers typically use other software to edit and then get it the ready to sell. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. But once it's ready to sell, you upload, it, upload Kajabi, you decide, hey, here's what I'm going to charge for it. I put it behind a paywall and then you're good to go. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm fascinated because what you're describing is, you know, from your time at, uh, TikTok and Kajabi is quite complex, right? And, and and I'm curious, you know, some folks are worried about, you know, 
oh, I'm not so technical. I, I can't write a line of code to save my life. Is, is there still room for those types of folks to, to become a product manager, these like so-called like non-technical product managers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it, being technical definitely helps for sure. You know, like I, my, my background, I started in sales and then got into marketing and then got into product. But along the way, you know, I, I um, taught myself to like code and, and so on because I just enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, it, it, it definitely helps for sure. Like understanding the, you know, the technical, you know, fundamentals is gonna be really important when you're trying to think of like product solutions. Um, I, I think that, uh, but, but you know, is it impossible? No, it's not possible. I think like it's, it's you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's definitely something that I would encourage people to, to you know, to do and is to learn the technical aspects of it. Um, but, uh, you know, it can definitely people, I see people switch over from like marketing to product all the time. I mean, one thing that I find interesting is, you know, like, folks have this misconception that you you have to kind of transition into product, right? Like you have to go to business school, get an MBA or become a consultant in the industry. And, and that's your way to kind of like break in. Um, can you explain like what your take is on that kind of phenomenon or is, is that a, a yeah, good I mean, thing? I, I didn't go to business school. I, I think I, I did just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, it, like what really helped me um, become a better product manager was like through some of those failures I mentioned, right? Like when I spent right. my own money to like build an app, like, you know, talk to, you know, I work with developers. I work, I had to work with a designer and like, go through the process of putting together the user experience uh, and all these questions would come up from the engineering teams. And what about this and that? What about these scenarios? I'm like, oh shit. And I have to like start, start thinking through, through all those different uh, scenarios and writing down the requirements. Like that was my first take at being a PM, right? And I had no experience, but I had to go through that. I, I was forced to go through that. Um, and, uh, and and coming out of the other end, like it was, it was that, failure just gave me so much experience into like actually what not to do <laughs> but, uh, but uh but yeah no it, it was uh it was amazing right because so i think um no do, do you have to go to you know business school to do that no i think i think like you can you can definitely you know um learn on your own um you know i i did it the hard way i spent my own money trying to build an app right but you can also uh even learn at work like there's, if you talk to a, you know, PM at work and say, Hey, I just want to learn what you do. I want to like sit in on meetings. I want to uh, understand exactly how this works, the process. And then eventually you say, Hey, you know what? I want to help you with the PRD. Let me just help you write a portion of it. Who's going to say no, right? Like I can offload some work to this person. Yeah, of course I want to let you do it. Right? <laughs> okay. And then eventually you say, I want to write this whole PRD for you. And, you know, because you show your, you show that you can write a portion of it. And then the person will say, sure, why not? Like, get the offload work and you know you get to like learn from the job and, and so on right so eventually i think you you know you start learning the details of what it means to be a pr uh, a pm you're putting in the effort and the time to uh see how they think what the requirements they write 
working with the design, you know, design team and so on. And eventually you can ask and say, hey, I want to switch over, right? But you got to put in time and effort for sure. And I think like there's, but but in terms of getting the help internally, there's, I'd be, I'd be shocked if, if, you know, someone said, no, I don't want to, you know, give you a portion of my work. <laughs> so, I think there's I mean, a lot of value. Yeah. Yeah, Rick, isn't there like a lot of value? Your business school, okay, you, you're reading, you're learning, but I don't think that's a real substitute for getting out there, rolling up the sleeves, building a product, making it work, making it not work, seeing the problems, because you can't really learn that in a book. You can read it, but when you're faced with it, it's such a different thing. When you see you're losing money work, when you see you're getting customers, it's, it's, it's such a real-time experience and you'll learn so much from it. And, and I think that's valuable. Um, Especially yeah, now, for, yeah, for a people. lot of a lot of people, a lot of people at, our, yeah. at, at uh, previous companies, Amazon, TikTok, a lot of lot of uh, you know these uh, internal employees that or PMs were from other internal employees that were not PMs, right? There were marketing team, finance team, there were some engineers, right? Um, lots of people switch over internally, so it's 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 definitely possible. Like I think uh, it's just a matter of like it really comes down to like, hey, do you do you really want it, right? You have to ask yourself, do you really want to be a PM? And then you'll do what you got to do to, you know, to, to become a PM. Like you just, you know, basically talk to the PMs and figure out like what, what you can do to help out. And then uh, eventually people will see your value and worth and say, yeah, switch over. So. I, I love a, that. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, for now, for a lot of people, especially I'm blind because Rick has talked about this a lot with layoffs and downsizings and rescinded job offers, people are a little worried, like, ah, what do I do? But I think making yourself invaluable is what mm -hmm. kind of what you're saying, Sean, is that you need to go and say, hey, all right, partner up with other people in different groups. Hey, I'll help. I'll write some code for you. Let's work on this together. So you make it like you're that person. So if, a, if, if a, you know, the manager's thinking, who am I going to lay off? They're like, I'm not going to lay off this person. Wow, they're engaged. They're, they're partnering with Sean. They're working with Rick. They're working with Jack. They have this. No, we got to keep that person. So mm -hmm. I think that's in today, right now, what we're going through, I think for someone who's a little worried about the safety of their job, by really making themselves so important, such a go-to person, that, that I think is going to help them survive. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Umbra... Uh... You know, when I when I first joined Amazon, like I was, you know, like the the job that I had was uh, not what I expected. <laughs> it was, uh, but but you know, like you know, like it's interesting because like um, you know they had me um, setting up like man, I, I was setting up so many emails and I was I was on the device team when we only had Kindle at the time. And we were doing a lot of GT, GTM marketing for Kindles, and I was setting up all these emails for different. To send out for different countries and so on but then i you know I, I try to make myself invaluable by you know being really good at like uh creating like mobile emails and like customized experiences and so on right so i think like to your point like you know regardless whether you're this is like your job or you might be like concerned about like you know getting let go whatever it might be if you make yourself invaluable you're the they feel like man i can't if you let this person go rude, uh, you know, then, then, you know, then, then you'll be safe. Uh, and so uh, what I, what I've done is like, 
yeah, any job, like whether it's at Amazon or uh, other jobs in the past, like I try to make myself valuable by like being the go-to person for X, right? I, I think that's, that's great advice. I, I mean, I, I always used to like joke around like at every company I've worked at, like there's some people that are just like illiterate with numbers, <laughs> right? And so I've, I've been making it a goal to like, hey, I, I'm going to be your numbers guy. I'm going to be able to like figure out like how I can like infuse data into my line of work, communications, PR, where that's quite rare, right? And Interesting, yeah. Uh, I, I've always worked with folks that, you know, they're the go-to guy for Excel, right? Like they are yeah. a whiz. They know all the keyboard shortcuts and, and you know, like that, that it's like often the little things that, you know, now looking in hindsight, I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of this sooner? Right? Mm -hmm. uh, so no, I, I appreciate your advice, Sean. I, I, I think, is there any kind of other hot tip that you want to share with our blind users? You know, you're one of the first blind users uh, when you're at Amazon in terms of what you've seen, in terms of what people are trying to do wrong or, or do right with their careers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the, the advice I've given in the past, like, you know, just make sure that, um, uh, you know, you're focusing on your customer, number one. Um, you don't need 100% of data to make a decision. Right. Uh, you should try to think like a CEO, right? Like if you, if, it, if you think like a CEO, then you start really caring about all the different aspects of the business. Not just like, hey, this is my job and this is the one thing I'm gonna worry about, right? But you start really getting involved and caring about all the other aspects that help ensure that your product is, success, is successful, right? So I think like being, thinking like CEO is actually really, really important. Um, I would try to learn something new each day. That's, that's tough, right? But try to like figure out something new to like learn each day. Uh, and then last is uh, just, you know, be, be comfortable taking risks. And be in an environment where you are encouraged to take to take those risks. Uh, you know, if, if you know, it's just really important because um, you know, otherwise you're going to be it's going to be status quo. So, got it. I I mean, I, I think it's a perfect way to end, right? So, like the blind ambition, you know, our user base, mm -hmm. they're ambitious. I I think they'll take your advice to heart. Thanks, Sean. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. This is a great, Sean. Hey, before we one last, when do you know when to when you have to cut, like, in other words, when you said, Hey, I started my business, started this new app. Is there any time when, you know, along that continuum, like, okay, I got to just stop it and move on. <laughs> or it's just it's yeah. so hard to predict, or is there kind of a metric you could use? That's a good question. I, you know, like, um, when it was for that app, right? Like it was, it was, uh, I saw the growth. And it wasn't there, right? It wasn't there, and I was basically running out of money. Uh, so that, that was kind of my <laughs> so you, the choice was made for you. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean, you know, I think it depends. Like, so for the for products, right? When I, it's interesting because uh, there's I I've, I've had situations where I, you know, invest in three months in a product, launched it, and shut it down in five minutes. I've had that before, right? Um, because like, you're like, oh, this, you could see immediately it's it reached that SIG uh, and it wasn't gonna go in your, in your direction, right? Actually, this happened at Amazon. 
Um, and it's okay. I'm mean, like, hey, well, you know, so, so that in that situation, like the moment you realize through like the, the data, you make that decision to just like shut it down. Uh, in other situations, I think, you know, it, it just kind of depends on, on the, on, on a lot of different factors, right? So if you're running a business and you, you know, realize that you're not, what you're offering is not really solving a problem, right? You can try to pivoting and trying different things to try to resolve that. But ultimately, if you aren't, you know, you, you come to come, come to the realization that if what you're offering isn't solving a real problem, you should probably quit or pivot. Yeah. Is the same thing, Rick, do you feel this way too, Sean, that with the folks on blind, when they're deciding their career, is there a time where then similarly, they could say, you know what, I'm not making I'm not making any advancement. This is not working. Cut my losses, find another job. Is that a good way also to tell, you know, kind of similar to a business where you come to that point where, hmm, I don't think I'm making any progress. I don't think I'm making an advancement. Let me just cold clinically say it's time to move on and that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's, those situations definitely, definitely can come up. If you feel like in, in your, if you're not happy in your current job and you feel like you're not, there's no career advancement for you, you should switch. Like, I mean, there's no, no shame in that. I mean, you know, I think uh, life's short. I mean, and, you know, there's plenty of opportunities out there, right? So I, you know, I, I suggest like, you know, likely you, sh you should probably have a, another job lined up first, but you start <laughs> looking around, start looking around, you know, start finding an opportunity that is better suited for you where your skill set is more valued, right? And you're in an environment that is more conducive to like uh, growth and, and, uh, and, and there's someone there to support you to do that. Um, that's why I, tell, I actually tell a lot of people that are starting off in their career that like, don't pick the job, pick the manager. Cause like the manager is really gonna be a big factor in your growth. Uh, so I think if you don't have those things, then yeah, just, just switch, just switch. Just, and there's, no, there's no harm in that. That's it for the Blind Ambition. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.